Hey everybody, I'm Christian. I'm Adrian. And this is week seven of season two of the Parental Leave podcast. Um, this is our second child and we are going through the three months of our parental leave. Um, so this is week seven. The big news this week is that we have fled New York City. Um, even after, I think last week, we were talking about how we didn't want to leave New York City. Um, but here we are, having left New York City, staying with Adrian's parents, um, running the risk of coronavirus infection. So we're going to talk about that at the end. Um, first, we'll do our regular Adrian updates, my updates, Rasmus updates, Autolina updates, and um, then we'll get to why we left New York City. <laughs> so, Adrian. Hi, I'm Adrian. I already said that. I don't really have updates this week. Mm. I sort of feel normal, and we've just been focused on other things this week. So, I haven't even thought about how I'm feeling. I think I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> So no, no big, no big changes. I don't think I have any updates. Okay, yeah. Um, my updates. Um, I mean, the main thing is that we left the city, and like the difficulty of deciding to do that, and then packing up the car, um, which was a hassle. Like it, we brought our cat with us, um, this which is all ended for up talking about later. So that's all for later. Sorry, I mean it's just yeah. Okay. Um, I'd say, I mean, this is day two of being at grandparents' house, so we're still in the honeymoon phase. It feels great to be here. Um, I can't really do any work, but it feels nice to be on a vacation. Um, so I'm happy. I'm sure that I'll be frustrated about that in a week or so, um, but right now it's great. Um, Rasmus update. I would say the big thing is that we notice how much his language has improved. So he is two and a half years old, and I think two to two and a half, three, like there's this explosion in language, and maybe we've talked about it before, but it's really cool to see. Like riding in the car, we're having actual conversations with him. Adrian and him were going like toot toot to the different truckers, and he was counting the number of truckers who had like honked the horn for him. It was the him. first time he was aware in a car trip, because yep. we haven't taken a car trip for three months, mm -hmm. and he was just aware. Once I said, when we see a truck, we say toot toot, and he was then looking down the highway saying, oh, there's a truck down there. I didn't anticipate that at all. The first time he said it, I was like, what are you talking about? He was watching for the trucks down the way. So that makes me feel really good because that's kind of like what we were talking about last week that I don't want to just give him an iPad and have him watch Daniel Tiger run on a long road trip. I want him to do just like be aware and look outside. And he was looking at clouds and saying, there's an elephant in that cloud and just simple kid stuff with a lot of joy. Yeah, it did warmed my heart um and what else it's yeah it's really cool to see like he remembers things that we told him the day before or even weeks before like he was talking with grandpa as they were reading a book about a rooster and he was like oh that goes on the top of a barn it's a weather vane and like grandpa's head exploded um so that was cool too he's like your child is a genius just <laughs> thinks he pulls that out of nowhere we've talked extensively about weather vanes just we've because watched it was youtube videos about weather vanes on one of our yeah. barn books yeah um, but I'm glad that he knows about weather vanes because, like, how many kids in Brooklyn, like, <laughs> are, have it? Well, he likes barns and farm books because it's, like, this exotic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that's my Rasmus updates. Any more from you? I like to just see the connections that he's making lately. Like, we were watching a show about Daniel Tiger going to the farm, and they were riding on a horse. And he just said, you can ride on a horse, but you can't ride on a cat. And it just showed how the gears are turning in his head of like, oh, huh, 
we don't ride on our cat, but you can ride on bigger animals like a horse, and that's a whole different thing. And we've probably told him not to try to ride our cat. Um, yeah, so she he's would like, cut him. oh, yeah. so there are animals you can ride on. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the other thing with him is he's very focused on the baby being happy. I think his his relationship with her has shifted actually in the last few weeks already because mm-hmm. in the beginning we were very much trying to just keep him from hitting her all the time. He really wanted to hit her. Lately he just wants to hold her and snuggle her and he wants to pick her up and bring her in his room. And So the dangerous behaviors that I'm trying to avoid with him hurting her are like loving behaviors that he wants to pick her up when he's not capable of picking or her up. Or crush her, yeah. But he like it's all with positive intentions yeah. and he wants her to be happy and... He's always trying to pull the pacifier out of her mouth because in his head, she only uses the pacifier when she's sad and he doesn't want her to be sad. It makes him really upset. And so he's like, our baby doesn't need a pacifier. She's happy. Or our baby doesn't need to eat the bottle. She's happy. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't want her to be sad. And so he's, he doesn't want her to have a pacifier. But it's like, if you pull it out, she's going to be more sad. Yeah, those conversations that we have to try to explain that have not been successful um, yeah but it's it's sweet the root of it is that he wants her to be happy yeah he doesn't want to be and he anymore. wants her to be around and yeah. he wants her to play with him which just isn't possible he doesn't say her name he just says our baby or but, my baby yeah um well that's cool well okay Adelina updates um she is still awake for at least an hour a day just screaming um now that we're upstate we can take her outside which is nice because um, it does calm her down a lot. Uh, she was great in the car seat. Shockingly uh, great. Yeah, like she was in one of those inconsolable modes. We got her in the car seat. She was inconsolable. We started driving, and she's... And then she was like... For many hours, the whole day. Very quiet, like six, seven, eight hours. I don't know how long we were in the car, and she was yeah. just like great until maybe the last 20 minutes, then she was screaming, and at that point, we we're like, lucky. we're making it in. Um so that was cool. And I, I sort of remember that with Erasmus when he was young enough that the car seat would calm him down, and that went away um, after a while. But great great drive with Adelina. Um, and the other thing about her, so she's still screaming a lot, but she's smiling a lot now, which is so much more gratifying. She laughs a little. She makes sounds that sound like hi or The sounds she whatever. makes, she says, like, wow, hi, and yeah, with oh. her little ah sounds. They sound like those three words, and it's pretty joyous. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So like, I, I was worried about how it would go with her in the car and she was a champ and it's getting more rewarding to be with her. Um, despite the fact that the screaming continues. (laughs) So anything more Um, from you on Adelina? Well, we had a question Hmm? that we didn't get to last week. That's about both of them. Actually, one other thing about Rasmus, now that I'm looking at my notes, (laughs) he's eating boogers a lot. I wonder if any of you guys out there have advice about this because I feel like we've made some progress using timeouts and taking things away from them if he's away from him if he's using them in a way that's against the rules. But boogers, he likes to pick his nose and eat his boogers, and I find it revolting. Even thinking about it gags me. That's <laughs> gross. But I can't like we can't give him a timeout because he ate a booger. Like I, I don't want to punish him for it. I tell him not to do it, but he's like, but they're good. I don't know. I wonder what you guys think. Maybe we just have to deal with it for a while. And hopefully the weather changing, like when it's hotter up here, might make it less likely. I don't know. Anyway, so question that we had, how is Rasmus different as a newborn compared to Adelina? I have a new little boy that's only a day older than Adelina, but he's my first son, so I'm curious if there are any noticeable differences between your babies. I think there aren't. 
And since she sent this question a couple weeks ago, I've been sort of looking as I spend time with Adelina, wondering about that question. They seem the same. Little babies are little babies, and they're just sort of like, blah. I think the sound of her voice is different. The, the noises that she makes are different because she just has a different vocal tone. But other than that, it seems the same to me. I don't know. When we put her in a cute little dress, I probably say she's sweet a lot more than I say she's strong. Um, I think that that does something to me. I don't remember enough of how Rasmus was. Like, Audelina in the car seat, I'm like, oh yes, this is how it was with Rasmus. And like sitting with Audelina in the night when she's like smiling at me, I'm like, oh, okay, I remember this sort of stuff with Rasmus. So it's just like these flashes of memory that I get. But I, I honestly don't remember enough of how Rasmus was this small um, to be able to say how they're the same or different. Um, I'm sure there will be much more noticeable differences the older they get and the more she's able to act in this world as opposed to just cry but when she's upset. as far as newborns, I think other parents have said like, oh yeah, my other kid was totally different from day one and I don't see that at all. Yeah, and she sleeps a lot. She cries when she needs something so far pretty soon. I, I don't think she's more chill or anything. I but. asked my mom. My mom thinks that they're different, but... I think she just doesn't remember. I don't know. It's weird. So I say no. No for now. We'll, yeah, we'll have to update right, you. Right, seven weeks things... in, it seems like newborn babies, for the, at least the first seven weeks, they're all just little blobs who want to eat and then mm. learn to smile. Mm. And maybe we paid more attention when it was just Rasmus, and now that we have two, we're like, okay, you're quiet. We're moving on to some other problem. I don't <laughs> know. And we don't give her the attention that we gave Rasmus. Yeah. And you can probably hear her crying a little bit now. Thanks. Grandma is taking care of her while we do the podcast. So, main topic today, now that we've gotten through updates, it's been a crazy week. It's a crazy week in history. For context, if we listen back to this podcast 20 years from now or something, this is the first week of June in 2020, and so uh, we are in the wake of huge protests around racial discrimination that has been forever in this country that was tipped off by um, George Floyd's Murder. murder last week by a police officer in Minnesota. And it's just a huge, huge thing happening after many months of another huge thing happening of this global pandemic. Like, I just, it feels like this is kind of a moment of apocalypse where just like huge, difficult things are all happening at the same time. And probably some is causing the other that with just one more senseless murder of a black person in this country by the police is just the straw that broke the camel's back and everybody's been home for months and everybody's just so tired of this happening. And so it's, I feel like I'm giving a history lesson to everyone listening right now is living this, and but I'm just reminding myself in the future of where this moment is right now. We're one week into all of this being kicked up again because mm-hmm. of George Floyd's death. Last Friday, Adrian and I walked and got my bike from Gets Repaired, and then we walked to pick up Rasmus from daycare, and as we were walking from the bike shop to the daycare, we went very close to Barclay Center, where a lot of the Brooklyn protests have started, and people were walking, like, towards us, and, like, we noticed that someone was on the phone, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to the peaceful protest and all this stuff. It's like, oh, I guess they're going to do something. And we walked past a, one of the big police stations that are over there. Well, because... And that was, like, the first we're inkling. We're out of the world. Like, we're not paying attention to current events right now. Being on parental leave, 
during a global pandemic, we are really just closed in. So I hadn't, I had seen, I think just looking at Instagram, I had seen notice about his death and it's just like, oh, here's another thing. This is awful. But it wasn't apparent to me how much this was really sparking the collective consciousness right now. Mm-hmm. And so when we saw that there's a protest, it's like, okay, we've seen protests like this before. We, we saw the protest at Black Li- the Black Lives Matter protest at Barclay Center five years ago. I mean, this, is, this has been going on for far too long. Um, but yeah. But, so it started then, uh, at least for me, just seeing it in our neighborhood, uh, in our lives. And long story short, like Wednesday, well, Tuesday, we decided, okay, let's rent a car, uh, one way to go up and visit grandparents. We'll, well figure let, out how to take care I mean, of the bef- cat. Before that, though. We can tell why, but this is, I'm okay, telling you what sure, we're doing. Sure. Um, and then, like, Wednesday morning, the Tuesday night protests were quashed, I guess. Um, but we were still like, all right, we're still going to take this trip. We're still going to leave. Um, so we rented the car. We drove up. Um, my parents took our cat, um, and now we're staying with Adrian's parents, um, and we'll have to rent another car to go back, so we're up here indefinitely at this point. So that's what we did. Um, you want to talk about why? Sure. I mean, the events leading up to it, where we started to just feel really uncomfortable in the city, Friday night, the night of the first night of protests... It was largely peaceful protesting, but there, there's so much there's so much anger that there were offshoots and it's it's becoming violent in places. And so that Friday night, there was a group that broke off from the main protest at the end of the night and came over. We live next door to a police station, and so we live on the ground floor next to a police station. So they park their cars like right in front of our front door. And I had sort of thought. Ooh, I, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of... How much police clash is there going to be throughout the city? Is this something we're going to see being next to the police station? And we had seen the videos of the Minnesota police station that had been burnt, burned right. down. It's like, like this oh, is... this is actually not great to be next to a police station. Yeah, I thought surprising. it was just tough to get parking, but now there's actually other risks. It could be dangerous. Yeah. And so I went to bed, like 11.30, kind of uncomfortable, wondering what's going to go on tonight. People are very angry, justifiably so. And... I started to hear a crowd marching towards our apartment. And so... Because we've got an air conditioner in the bedroom, so we can hear things it's even better It's just scary. Now. So I, I went out and kind of looked out the window just to watch what was happening. But there was a pretty... It's a very small crowd coming from the, the main protest who were really clashing with the police there. And from my perspective, it looked like the there were dozens of police officers just trying to kind of... I don't know. They they were all there clashing with this group, and um, one person ended up, from my perspective, it looked like they were antagonizing the police for like 15 or 20 minutes, and finally, I don't know what was said, that he was um, zip-tied. put down, face down on the ground and zip-tied and, and taken into the station, and then everybody else sort of dissipated at that point. But that was the first time that it's like, ugh, this, may, this location may be a target because people are so angry with the police. And then two nights later, earlier in the night, looking out the window, we saw dozens of police officers in the riot gear. Because after that, seeing that things have gotten more violent, the police officers have been more prepared for violence. And so they all had helmets on, and they had batons, and they were gathering outside. And it was scary. It was like 7 o'clock, and we're thinking, 
we're trying to put kids to bed and read stories and be parents and looking out the window. And in, the way New York City apartments are, when you have a window on street level right there, between where I'm standing inside my apartment and where there's dozens of police officers in riot gear is like five feet away. And so I was just wondering what kind of clash they were thinking might happen right outside of our front door. And luckily nothing happened. I think they were just being overprepared that night and they had a group of people had gone one other block in another way. And so they were stationing themselves in different places, just not knowing what might happen. Um, but those two things, seeing right in front of our house, directly in front of our house, was just making me really uncomfortable. So for me, like, we decided Tuesday night, um, Tuesday night? Or Tuesday during the day, that we would uh, rent a car. And we're like, all right, and it's done. And the reasons for me were, were I saw a video of a police officer getting beat up, um, which shook me, because I'm like, can't do that but obviously you can do that um, apparently you can do that um, and I saw that there was looting in two different neighborhoods one night after the other so it's like okay this thing is moving um, we saw vandalism at the Brooklyn Public Library so I'm like okay there's violence the police have no power the violence moves and apparently it can be directed at anything because I don't know why you'd attack the Brooklyn Public Library um, as a symbol of oppression or whatever, um, but there's like random things happening that I don't understand. We live on the ground level next to what apparently was a target a few days ago. Um, so I don't know what this risk is and I don't understand it and it worries me. And then I'm seeing other people on social media who have left the city and they're like in nice little idyllic places and I'm like, well there, there's zero risk. So there's this unknown risk here and there's zero risk for us, in terms of violence, like I don't want the National Guard coming and shooting through our windows by accident. accident. Um, or cars on fire. I mean, police or, cars yeah. on fire have become a symbol of this protest stuff this week. And, and like, I'm just thinking wanna, about yeah. all the police cars, all of their personal police cars are lined up in front of our house. Maybe someone would have the idea that they should burn all of those and then there's smoke coming in our apartment or whatever might happen that we're next to it we then have nowhere to go during a pandemic and have two little kids. And it, I didn't think that we'd be able to be good parents under those circumstances. Well, I saw it. That, that's Adrian's take. She didn't, want, she didn't think she could be a good parent, plus all the other stuff you've said. My take was like, there's this unknown risk, and if we leave, that risk goes to zero. Why wouldn't I want it to go well, to zero? Well, but we're weighing, we're weighing so, two risks. So then the other risk that we're weighing coming here that we've talked about before is like, we don't want to infect Plattsburgh. We don't want to infect Adrian's parents in particular. Um, and we were just, we decided at the end, like, it's worth it to do it. They were willing to take us because they were scared too, probably, even though they're probably scared of the pandemic too. Um, we'll see in, you know, it's been two days, like we got another three days before we see if we've infected them, for gosh sake, because it takes five days or something. We hope that we had it long ago and we aren't carriers or anything like this. Um, but those were the things in our heads of weighing the risk of infecting people that we really care about versus this unknown risk that we can eliminate by leaving the city. And I think I also thought, I didn't know how bad it might get. Seeing yeah. things escalate over the first four or five nights and escalating into fires and broken glass and it being in all different places in the city, 
I didn't know how bad it could get because also even now, seven days later, it seems to be dissipating the last yeah. couple of days and there's been some positive progress in Minnesota with those officers being charged more. So there, there's some improvement, but I mean, that doesn't fix all of history's oppression of black people in this country, that there's still a lot of anger. And unfortunately, we live in a world where being violent gets results sometimes. And yeah. I'm just, I'm very sad about that. I think with this movement, I'm very supportive of Black Lives Matter and it's really important. And what was it, five years ago, we had marches and we had people angry in big groups and it was a whole conversation all over New York City and everywhere else. But what happened? I mean, I don't know what improvements have been made. And now five days of people setting police cars on fire, it seems like different conversations are happening. And yeah. so in theory, I'm supportive of this and I understand this. And it's difficult when you live, <laughs> it, it, I, I support it and I think broadly, yes, this this needs to happen and I'm not someone who's gonna say that we should all just be peaceful and we should all get along because I, even though I wish we could all be peaceful, that's not the way the world works and that's not always the way that people make huge change. Yeah. But when we live there and have two little kids behind a window next to a police station, when we had another option, I felt like we should take it. And I do hear the level of privilege that we have being able to make that choice because this whole movement is about black people in this country living in fear all the time and not being able to just split town when it feels scary because the police might shoot them. Like this, this is something we're experiencing this weekend. I know that we're very lucky to not experience that all the time, um, but we still, we still chose, we, I mean, we need to do what we feel is best this for is our family. And I, this is the choice on yeah. the ground. And it's also been, it's just, it's a huge, thing this week and and we are only talking to people through social media for them or like hearing people's voices through social media because we're all sequestered in our own homes and it's been it's frustrating because i'm just so over social media anyway and with something this important and this emotional happening right now it feels like on on instagram all week it's just been a lot of people with with positive intentions posting things and saying things and then it's people saying you're not doing it correctly and people saying that they want to speak up or not speak or it, it's, I don't know. It's just like a lot of talking about the way to talk about things on Instagram rather than this is a whole systemic thing that has been going on for a long time and we all need to do lots of things about it. Yeah. I think, but, I think that the violence gets results. Like I don't like the looting. I don't like the vandalism. But I do think that it concentrates politicians' minds. I'm conflicted about this because I think that violence gets results. I think that the looting and the rioting and like the, the video that I saw of a police officer getting beat up, I think that concentrates politicians' minds and gets results in a way that peaceful protests just don't get. Like, I remember we were in the Women's March in D.C. and I don't know if there was any outcome of that at all. But if all of us had like burned some things down, maybe some laws would have been actually changed. And like, if that's the way forward, like, I don't know what to say. Cause I'm like, I can't be around that with my kids. I don't want to be around that, but you kind of need to do that to make change. Like, 
I feel bad, um, but I also know that once we got north of Albany driving in the car and we like came over a hill and I looked out and it was just like mountains and trees and <laughs> like lakes and stuff, I was just like, oh, I've been stressed out for like three months. I've been afraid for months. Yeah. Like we had the birth coming with the pandemic, we've had the pandemic itself of just that, and then now we live next to stressed out angry police and surrounded by stressed out angry people who are all unemployed and have all day seven days a week to, to voice their yeah dis unhappiness with how this should be so it, it felt like whenever i left the house point. it was just like everybody was had their testosterone up to here and i'm just like uh, i gotta go and now that we're out of it i'm like i'm really glad we left <laughs> Sorry. It's so different here. I mean, My we're staying. Goodness. We're staying in the backyard. Where like it's still weird when I go by and I wear a mask, and I'm like, all of you are gonna get the coronavirus. No I'm one sorry. is wearing masks, but also no one is close to each other in our apartment. Just opening my front door to go out to the lobby to get my mail. I'm going in a small there's an entryway which is a coronavirus with all my other chamber. neighbors. Yeah. If I'm sitting on my front stoop, there's oops, sorry, oop, there's dozens of people walking past all the time. Here, you can sit on the front porch. You see one person walk by every 10 minutes. They're way down on the sidewalk. You can talk to them from like 15 feet away. It's and you're just different. Yeah. And it's, it's just a relief. It's funny because all of the things... There's, I have a video that I made when we were moving back from Denver about why I love New York City and why I was so excited to move back to New York City. And all the things that we missed when we lived in Denver for a year are all the things that make coronavirus very spreadable in New York City. Riding on the train, close to everybody, breathing on everybody, and going to concerts where you're all sitting close together, and going to restaurants and going to bars where you're yelling in everybody's ears. And those are the things that we love about New York, and it brings all the interesting people there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future. But for now, coming up here, outside of the city, it's so nice to be away from all of those things. All those things that every time I used to be away, I wanted them back. We need a break from them right now mm -hmm. because here you can drive a car. I placed an order at Target. I drove the car up. The guy came and put the stuff in my trunk and I came home and I'm just not around people. Well, I saw one cop drive by yesterday and my heart rate went up. Like I look out the window from our apartment in Brooklyn and I see like all these cops and I'm up in the middle of the night with Adelina and I just hear them coming back and I'm like, I guess they just had another night. I wonder how it went. And I look on Twitter and my head explodes and like... Here it doesn't happen. Sorry, everybody. We yeah. have this option and we took it. Well, and on print, I, I think we're able to get back into our bubble of parental leave now where I'm checking the New York Times. At first, two nights ago, I was checking the New York Times to see how it was going because I'm still torn. Like, should we have left or not? Am I overreacting? And seeing that there was there's the police seem to be now gathering in on groups and really using their batons violently, reports of people getting their heads bashed in and stuff, kids out protesting peacefully. Yeah. They're cracking down and they want people off the streets and it's still that still feels scary to me. So we made the right choice and I just I think I need to just stop reading about it at this point and be back in our bubble for a little bit. Yeah, nighttime Twitter is until the Swedish finance Twitter gets on there around three in the morning or something. Um it's just ugly, and it hurts. It makes me mad. So it's it's not good for me to be on there. It's tough. And and then I feel the voice in the back of my head that's from my Instagram feed that says, you're racist if you're not reading the New York Times and worrying and, and out in the streets and all these things. And I just have to 
We have a seven-week-old. We got to like take care of a seven-week-old. Living, living in a way, I'm feeling defensive. I guess living in a way that's anti-racist and trying to read black voices and understand the struggle for decades is something that is part of my life all the time. And having conversations with people in real life is part of my life. And so it, I don't know. It will continue. It's just not continuing this week when we have a little baby during a global pandemic. I mean, I guess it is continuing this week. I mean, we're we're still having conversations. This is, it's in the air. And so I just don't need to refresh the New York Times every five minutes and post things on Instagram every 10 minutes to be part of making the world a better place on this. (laughs) So that's what we got this week. Um, we'll talk to you again next week when Autolina is eight weeks old and Rasmus remains two and, and a half. Sending, <laughs> sending our best out to everybody else. We're all living this right now. Yeah. And I know it's a lot. And I feel a little uncomfortable making this podcast when it's all about us and our white family and our privileged house. If we and, didn't live next to a police station, but, if we didn't live on the ground floor, but we probably would have stayed. This is our experience right now. We want to remember how we've gone through but this. this is what we did. 20 years from now. Hmm. And I hope everybody stays safe out there, and I hope that we'll continue to make progress as the weeks go on in our larger world for these kids when they're growing up. It needs to be the, the what's happening now is going to make the world a better place for these kids. I hope so. Hope so. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. You're awesome. We'll see you next week. I don't know where we'll be, but we'll see you. Bye. Bye.